0: This is CliffCentral.com.
1: This is Ogumba Ford, your host. And on today's show, we're going to be talking the road to New York Fashion Week, Spring Summer 2017. Something very exciting. Now, the idea is to obviously connect with what's happening on the ground within different top fashion cities in the world. And uh, New York is definitely where we want to start, you know. Now, the narratives around African fashion brands with a global appeal make it very um, important because I think the idea is fashion weeks become so important. It doesn't matter if you're in India or if you're in South Africa or if you're in New York. You kind of also want to be alert, be aware of what people are doing, um, within the different fashion weeks, what sort of trends are influencing how people show and, you know, all of that good stuff. Now, we're going to be focusing today on some of the ways that New York is going down this season. The trends affecting designers' mind shift of how to show this season. Focusing also on a couple of brands. We have lined uh, some beautiful exclusives, fashion exclusives, when we get to New York next week. And we also will be highlighting some of the African fashion industry professionals, you know, from brands to models who are waving the African flag high. Can't wait to hang out with Ajak Adeng. (laughs) Or Milan or Sharam Denise from Angola. Um, It's beautiful to see African um, industry professionals really holding it down, doing their thing, and really, you know, waving the flag, but also doing something great to really push the industry ahead. Now it's about observing the changing trends at fashion weeks. It's about adapting where relevant. But before we go on further, I want to share my, a few brands that I'm actually looking forward to seeing who will be showcasing at Made Fashion Week um, this season. Uh, Bibu Mohapatra is definitely one of the designers I'm looking forward to. I'm going to mention the designers and then we're going to discuss with my panel why they're worth looking forward to. Uh, we're also going to be joined, um, I mean, we're also going to be looking forward, personally, I'm looking forward to Mimi Plange. Uh, we're looking forward to three as four, uh, if you also want to check that out, and we will share why we are really highlighting some of these brands. Laquan Smith is also someone who we've been looking at. He's really evolved and um, I love what he's doing personally. And I don't want to give and tell um, so much because I'm also going to be picking minds of my guests today, my special <laughs> special guests in studio. Now, since my special guests today are my in-house squad, I will share with you as the show goes on, why some of these brands are worth looking forward to. Now, we're joined on the show by Morag Stein, who is going to be engaging us throughout the show um, and then later glamming up the show with her glam-up for a dose of makeup and beauty tips. Uh welcome to the show Mark. Thank you Liz. Thank you. Wonderful and to be here. and you're looking very pitch happy spring. Thank Jeez, you. happy spring for those around here. Everyone looks so wonderful so springy and today. What yeah. are you wearing and what's inspiring um, in
2: the look? I'm actually just wearing um a nice little coral body um with a nice navy blue skirt and some colourful flats. Um just keeping it really simple, nice lace um detail. Yeah, and I've got a bright bright orange lip on to celebrate spring. I
1: know I'm looking at you. I'm uh, trying to keep up, you know. I'm also trying, <laughs> trying to keep up. We're, I love
2: your denim. Will,
1: thank you very much. This <laughs> denim I'm wearing today because people, you forget to ask me what I'm wearing. Edgy always forgets to ask me. I'm wearing a beautiful denim, denim, um, very fitting, body-hugging, because I can, <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> so, sort of denim. And it's a very um, stonewash-ish type denim. I see Morag wear a lot of this, mm. and today I surprised her. She, prob- she probably thought I pulled this from her wardrobe. <laughs> and it's got a beautiful sort of choker looking uh, sort of neck uh, which I was going to actually, when I buy clothes, I normally transform them because I love to recycle clothing. But then Morag was like, actually, don't do anything. Just keep it as it is. And it's got that zip that goes all the way from up to down, down to up. So if anything happens or if somebody pulls it down yeah. by mistake, then I have no dress on. But <laughs> it's a beautiful spring, nice day in Johannesburg. Now, we're also joined by our New York contributor, Edgy, Jen- uh, Edgy Benson, who will be plugged in throughout the show. Um, Edgy, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, Liz.
1: (laughs) And what are you wearing? Be creative. Thank you.
0: Uh, I'm being really creative. I'm wearing a t-shirt and a pair of jeans. But you have to understand, guys, it's 7 o'clock in the morning for me. (laughs) (laughs) So you have to cut me some slack. (laughs) You
1: know what, Eiji? You're always wearing a skinny pair of jeans and like, uh, you know, I just, I'm like, okay, Cool. Skinny pair of jeans and a t-shirt, but it's very good to have you on the show with us today, Edgy. Thank you. So welcome. Um, and obviously, um, before we also move further, I would love to just remind our listeners who are tuned in that we have a, our favorite, my favorite segment. I hope it's everyone's favorite segment. I call it the red glass of wine <laughs> at the end of the show. And it's called Who Would You Want to Dress and Why? So feel free to share with us your, who's And you're wise because that is when we get to unwind and we might have some cheese on there too. Now, if you're tuning in to the show for the first time and have some input around the fashion businesses or the business behind fashion in the continent and you would love to join us on the show, please email us at info at fashionlabafrica.com. Also, keep your tweets coming throughout the show at fashionlabaf and share your thoughts around New York Fashion Week Spring Summer 2017. We'd love to hear what you are Looking forward to now back to my special guests on today's show. Um, I want to introduce Edgy, reintroduce Edgy again. Edgy runs um, NU in New York, which is an offering, um, services company offering, um, manufacturing, concept development, patent development, private label development, and sourcing services to fashion houses such as Vera Wang, Chloe, Bill Blass, Kate Spade, and stores like Harrods London Sachs and Colette Paris. Across the U.S., Europe, and Africa, Edgy is really holding it, it down. You know, he's a heavyweight, but he's very humble. So we love him. He's also the man behind my denim collection, which we'll be launching in, a bit, in about 10 days in New York around all the fashion week highs. So that is very... Very exciting. And then I want to introduce our special madame here (laughs) by the name of Marek Stein. And I know for those who've been tuning in again, you've heard us, um, you've heard her glam up series. She comes with all the trips, the ticks and the, and the tricks and the tips and everything else that we need to be able to know to keep up when it comes to the beauty, um, game. Now, Marek has acquired extensive knowledge and experience through her 10 year career in the beauty, Industry Dominion, she's internationally accredited and has been appointed as one of Africa's top 10 makeup artists by MAC. With a list of loyal A-list clients, publications, campaigns, the opportunity to honor and work with the most elite in the industry, including me. Morag is a true game changer, so watch out, you know. She's also behind, I don't know if anyone's watched Alison, but there's a new film called Alison, which is a story very, very it's a very, to me, it's a sad story, but it's a it's a story of hope. Um, and it's a story um, that's been uh, filmed here in South Africa. She was behind the scenes for the, I mean, not behind the scenes. She was behind the special effects makeup artistry of that award-winning hybrid film. Um, if you haven't watched Alison, I think you should really check it out. It's very inspiring. Now, before we continue to discuss some of our expectations around New York Fashion Week, who we are looking forward to, why, what we'll be doing in New York and all of that stuff. We have to agree that screens, whether phones pads have become the new front row at New York fashion week, especially since Instagram's launch in 2010 faced with the wall of screens at every show, you know, there's been so much, I mean, edgy and Morag before I want to just share a quick clip, but before we do that, what are your thoughts? And it's not just New York. I mean, is it only me who wants to scream when the show begins and all the phones go up? I'm like, what, Someone please help! No, <laughs> help, because it's,
0: help. it's it's so instant now. You know, fashion is so instant right now. So people are streaming because they they.
1: Did we lose you? Hello, Edgy. Okay, I think we've lost Edgy. There, we'll try to get him back online. Um, Morag, what are your thoughts?
2: <laughs> um, you know what, Liz? Obviously, with social media being so big in the in our industry, in the fashion industry, um, as Edgy was saying, um, it's instant. So, you know everyone wants um to be the first person to catch up everyone wants to be the first person loading it on social media every you know every blogger every front row person wants to be the first to you know um give the world what's happening on fashion week so or more on the runway so um you know, for me, yes, it is annoying when I see a phone <laughs> going up in front of my face and I literally, I do get quite um, aggressive about it, but, um, you know, it's, it's, I understand it from their point of view, but I also feel, you know, with New York Fashion Week, with any fashion week, there is live streaming and... You know, everyone should really just respect that we're all there for our own reasons and having a phone going up is not ideal. So <laughs> I disagree that there should be phones in a, in a fashion show.
1: Yes. I, I also agree. I mean, the last show I attended just now, which was the Mercedes-Benz, um, fashion week, um, Johannesburg was shocking because the number of phones, like, and you know what I, what I actually, what annoys me more and actually something I'm trying to understand is, why flip your phone? Some people flip their phones up, but they don't even care about the footage. Like, why are you doing that? There's a runway. There's a space. Someone, please, can we help do some? I'll get Komotso and all of our friends to help put together some placards exactly. that say, S- put your phones down. Or just be hardcore like yeah, some yeah. designers and who just said, they, this is no, yes. no phones allowed.
2: Yes. I know, um, I know David Lale is actually um, one of those designers who doesn't allow, um, you know, phones and social media in his shows. And, you know, at the end of the day, there are professionals filming this. And if you load footage that is really bad, it's going to make the clothes, the designer, the show, everything, it's going to just look bad, you know.
1: Edgy, are you here with us?
0: Yeah, but, you know, you guys, you guys, you have to remember something because fashion is so, because fashion is instant now. And we have all these ways to, to really show how instant it is. I mean, there's. There's all the live, uh, live streaming ways that we have. You know, they all add to them. You know, it's a sense of occasion. You are there, you have your followers, you want to stream it, you know? So I think that's one of the reasons why there's all these devices in, in, in the show. And quite honestly, a lot of people are looking into their devices, much more than like they are looking into the show. Yes, I think it's not it's, great. It's not great, <laughs> it's not great uh, at all. But... It's just the way it is. We, we're just so instant, you know, like everything you know. is this instant satisfaction, instant gratification. And then you have to build your social media uh, landscape. You know, that, that means that you have to populate it and things like this help people populate their their social media streams. And But fashion also relies on these people. So it's a cash 22. Fashion likes you when you have a huge Instagram following, you know, but to do that, you have to be very instant, you know, in the way that you're streaming to you. So, yes, that's a battle we have to fight. But believe me, I think it's, it's going to be a tough battle to win.
1: <laughs> Guys, you know what? Since we're all talking about this, I want to just share um, a rollover to Racked to see how the industry is reacting to the glut of social media and how sharing sites might be changing the fashion week for the better, some think. But here we go.
3: Fashion Week has gotten a reputation for being really overwhelming, especially in New York. When you're looking at it online, it can seem like there's a million things happening. But it doesn't necessarily mean that there's more happening this season than there was last season, or the season before, or even five years ago. It's just that there are more people covering it on more platforms.
4: In the old days, when you had to wait a few months to even see the pictures in the magazines, You know, the stuff was coming to the store by the time you were really kind of seeing it in the magazines. Now you see the Marc Jacobs show. It's all post-apocalyptic, lace and some sparkle and amazing, amazing, amazing. It's all over the internet the next day. It's all over Instagram and Twitter that day. And by the time it comes to the store, five or six months later, you've already seen it. You've loved it, hated it, loved it again, gotten nostalgic about it and nobody has been able to buy it because it's not in stores for six months. So that's the big problem, is that we have ejaculated five times before we're able to actually have sex with that piece of clothes, not to be graphic. Right when the internet happened, it was suddenly like, oh, we could cover fashion quickly and we could put photos up almost the next day. Now, because of social media if you don't tweet the first look or Instagram the first look, you've missed the boat. Well, I see now everything is in real time. Everyone tweets and Instagrams every single thing that's happening, from backstage, to the models, to what they're wearing, to the audience. And I want to be the designer with strength in social media. Tommy uh, got in touch with us about three months ago and we came up with the idea of doing the first ever Fashion Week meetup where it was totally democratic. We've already we met Tommy Hilfiger, we saw makeup being put on, we got back to the runway before the crowds got here, so I'm just hearing that everyone's just having a great time and just really excited for the experience.
3: It's been incredible, you know, it's, clothes are beautiful and for me as a photographer I love to photograph beautiful things and it's great to really get a sneak peek into one of the big things that makes New York City what New York City is. So
5: I will be Instagramming, uploading pictures, videos and everything. I already uploaded just three, four of them already.
3: The great thing about Instagram and Fashion Week is that it brings a different perspective that photographers weren't pushing out there before Instagram and so now you have photographers of all shapes and sorts bringing an insider's look at Fashion Week that might not have been possible on the same level before there was Instagram.
4: The beauty of social media is if there is a world that you long to be a part of, it's, you can sort of slip your, your way into it. You know, in the old days, I couldn't, I didn't see stuff on, you know, we didn't have the internet. I could only see the show in a magazine.
3: It would seem when you're looking at all these Instagrams that the doors to the fashion industry are wide open, but that's an illusion. The Chanel's of the world are never going to let an average consumer go in there and and Instagram their show. But what we're seeing on a contemporary level is that designers are realizing that they can grant controlled access to consumers. And in return, they're providing them with generous free marketing.
0: Fashion was something that you bought with your rare disposable income. Today it's as much about something you pin, you post, you tweet, you retweet, um, you like, um,
4: or you don't. The customer is very educated, so they see something on the screen. They may not know exactly what it feels like, but they have a good idea. And if they miss the clothes in real life, they miss the clothes, other people will see them. I'm not bothered about that.
3: Instagram is molding the shape of Fashion Week. Designers are choosing alternate venues because they want a more creative show space. They want something that looks unique and different. And designers are using hashtags so that you know, people can live tweet the event.
0: People today, I believe, have recognized that they, in fact, are their own brands. And every day they curate their brand on their Facebook page, on their Instagram feed, on their Twitter feed. And it's a privilege if people do, in fact, embrace your brand, allow it to be part of their brand. And that's what you hope and aspire for.
4: Once the Pandora's box is open, it's hard to push away the public who we've, you know, things have been hyped up and people know when the shows are and people want to stand outside and see the celebrities and they know who the models are. It's hard to kind of undo that, and on some level, I guess it's good that people are interested in what, we, in what we're what we doing in fashion. Because if they weren't, we maybe wouldn't be able to sell magazines or get page views on our websites. So the fashion cycle will always continue no matter what we do.
3: Now that everyone's watching, Fashion Week is a branding exercise. Your show is a commercial for your brand. But as more and more people are tuning in, designers are upping the ante. Creating beautiful, intricate, over the top spectacles to watch. So, why wouldn't you want to capture that?
1: Wow, that was some, wrapped with some insights around New York Fashion Week's evolution, but I think. Uh, a lot of things are happening in such a global space because everything is so globalized these days. And so even though we're talking about um, the road to New York Fashion Week today, I think what's really cool is that there's a lot of things we can all relate to sitting on the front or the back rows of different fashion weeks all over the globe. Um, Do you have any feedback on that, Edgy?
0: Right on point. I mean, the the immediacy of, of fashion right now and also there's, there's a conscious effort to, you know, to democratize fashion, make it, you know, it used to be like fashion is the gatekeeper, you know, like a social gatekeeper. But now with social media, everybody can crash through this gate. Everybody can, by, by just following somebody who is inside, can see what's going on. And, you know, it, it familiarizes the public with fashion. It doesn't make us so, such an alien, like, like some planet that people only hear about or read about in magazines, it's right there, you can touch it, you can feel it, even though it's just virtually. So I, I, I agree that, you know, the immediacy of things, like social media has changed the sculpture of fashion and how we showcase it. And I don't see how that, I think it will only evolve further. I don't see how it goes back at all. I think it will only evolve and get, and get, more, get more accessible. Mm. And it's great for fashion.
1: Morag, what are your thoughts on that?
2: You know, um the if we I mean, I would say it's the era of bloggers, really, because um you know, as they said in the video, they want um bloggers at their shows they're looking at unique venues they're changing it up a little bit, you know, so it's not in your normal inner tent or in a hall your runway um it's at unique venues, that kind of thing, which is pretty much what bloggers are doing with photo shoots you know it's almost like this competition of who's got the best venue um or the most unique venue and I mean it, you know like bloggers is better, so you know what i mean it's really not it's it's a very thought out Every post that they make is very thought out. So I would say, you know, if a top blogger, I mean, if we look at, um, Hayley Hughes, who's one of the top fashion bloggers in the world, if she's coming to your show, it's because she wants to be at your show. So mm. it's quite an honor, you know, um, I, I like,
1: Mark, yeah. I like what you're saying. However, I still feel back to Nicola Cooper and fashion etiquette one, fashion week etiquette 101, yes. where, you know, you just, I think people still have to behave in there and I think it's rude I would hate it to go to a fashion week where they say to me Oh, sorry, no phones allowed because I'm like, actually, I'm not even coming, whatever, you know. But at the same time, I can understand their frustration and why they've actually set those boundaries. Um, So I'm saying, yes, times have changed. And yes, everything is online. And yes, power to the bloggers. But at the end of the day, when John, Peter, Shaniqua, who and who and everyone have their stupid phones up, I can't see. And I, and it's no longer a pleasure. What's mm-hmm. the point of going to experience fashion? You know, I often think. Um... Throw on your heels and your lipstick. Yeah. And then what?
2: I often think, like, what would Anna Winter do if a blogger had to whip out a phone and put it up in front of her face? So, you know, if they won't do it in front of her, then why in front of anyone? So <laughs> that really frustrates me as well. Um, and I would stand up and say something um, because I'm also there to you know, to view the show, to look at the fashion. So it's, as Edgy said, it is a catch-22.
1: All right, guys. Now I want to move straight to, in the beginning of the show, I spoke about some of the fashion brands I'm looking forward to um, at New York Fashion Week. And I mentioned a few of them. Um, Edgy, what I would love you you to do is to share with us a bit about what is so unique uh, about some of the designers I mentioned. And I mentioned them specifically also because edgy has a sort of connection um to them and edgy is going to explain to us uh how this connection is you know is 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 alive edgy are you here with us okay Morag, let's talk about some of your favorite designers. We lost Edgy there. So, I mean, you
2: know, it's, it's the usual, um, favorite designers that I have, but I must say one that I'm really looking forward to is actually, um, on Monday evening at 9 p.m., and it's, um, from a fashion house called Fashion Istanbul. Um, and what it is, it's actually, um, a collaborative runway. Um, so it's a collective of five designers. Um, they're from Istanbul originally, and what's so beautiful about it is they're, You know, each um, designer is actually sort of connected to New York in a way, even though they have – their roots are from Istanbul and the clothes, you know, for me personally, I relate so well to Istanbul fashion and, I mean, the jewelry – the ex- exuberant makeup it's just so so beautiful um, and you know what's really amazing is obviously all the fabrics everything is um, imported from Istanbul to New York um, Fashion Istanbul um, their makeup sponsor is Note Cosmetics which is actually a Turkish cosmetic brand um, they have offices in LA and of course their hair sponsor is Phonex, um, which is also a hair product um, brand based in Turkey and New Jersey so it's really amazing that they're still sticking with their people um and they're all working together and obviously collaborating together in new york um on the runway so i'm looking forward
1: to that wow that's nice um edgy's not here with us still sorry we lost edgy on the line however i just want to go straight into one of the designers i mentioned her name is mimi planger and um she's guided by the principle she refers to as the democratization of luxury. Um, she creates clothes that are very much inspired by the modern African um, modern American luxury sportswear tradition with an infusion of dark romance. And she's also aiming this at the new international um, minded consumer. So one of the reasons that I sp- pick um, Mimi, and obviously I've not seen any of her shows. This is going to be my first one, and this is also going to be our first exclusive with her. Um, but the idea is that originally she's from uh, Cameroon, and uh, it's nice to be able to see brands like her also mm. just um, soaring um, into higher heights in a space that's not really called home, but just making it work. And uh, another thing is because of the fact that um, Edgy has worked with her um, a lot when it comes to development of her uh, work, um, and therefore, because of that, I also am more curious to be able to see how this has translated into the new collection that he will be showing, um, that she will be showing um, this season. Um, another very uh, interesting designer is Bibu. And um, we're going to let um, Edgy also kind of just explain why, you know, some of the connections he has with these designers, some of the work he's done with them, and then maybe also give us that excitement of, okay, fine, let's see how this one's evolved and let's look forward to them. Edgy, welcome back.
0: Thank you. Um, <laughs>
1: Yeah, sorry about that. So, straight into, I just spoke a bit about Mimi. Yes. And uh, I spoke about why I'm looking forward to her show, and obviously also hope that you can bring in, I know that you worked with her um, before, and I feel like the connection is also very interesting to see what, you know, what sort of evolution is going on in her creative mind, what she's going to be rolling out this season, and, you know, just some of the connections that you guys have had and what you are looking forward to. Why Mimi?
0: Well, I think Mimi, for one, is one of those, it's like a beacon in terms of being an African designer who is well-respected here. You know, uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's a rarity for us. I know we have a lot of talent, but to be in an elevated position like she is, to be well-respected in the industry, it's, it's quite um, it's quite something to be proud of. So that's, that's, uh, one of the, one of the, like, the aspects of Mimi that I think we should be able to capture. Um, she's well, um, she's just very well respected. Her work is consummate. Um, so it'll be, I mean, for, for us to interview, I mean, for Fashion Lab to interview her, and and hear her story. It's almost like coming home, you know. It's and beautiful. And it's yeah, it'll be very inspiring for African designers to see that we are competing at that level, you know.
1: Yes.
0: Ah, uh, yes. Now I want to and, go.
1: Yeah, go ahead.
0: And and then we have you know like Bibu. Yes. Bibu, Bibu is um Biboo is a huge American uh, name in terms of design. Um, he dresses every Hollywood star you can think of. Um, and, and, and Michelle Obama loves his work and wears it a lot. Um, but he's also just somebody who is so down-to-earth and so humble and so accessible, and he's someone who has a commitment to work with us. I mean, he, he's, he's willing to work with to help African designers develop, you know, like he's taking a couple of African designers as, as interns and he's expressed his, his, his desire to work with us and help us build capacity in Africa through fashion lab. So, and just to, for him to be that, that huge in the industry and for him to have that amount of interest in us is something that is, it's, uh, it's very pleasant mm-hmm. and very, very inspiring and, and very hopeful for fashion lab as we, as we plan to, you know, help African designers, um, you know, increase capacity, increase overall, like, knowledge of, uh, look, African designers are quite knowledgeable, but I think the seasonality of fashion also does throw African designers under the, under the bus sometimes. But coming to, like, coming to a designer like Bibu B- to intern, it, it allows you to, 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 to begin to see how you can integrate, you know? How we so that because it is only by integrating within, I mean, integrating our seasons that we can compete because we can't offer them right now. It's probably winter or spring in South Africa. It's, you know, it's the mean, first
1: day of spring. Kind yeah, of. <laughs> and, and
0: seasons change, and we're moving into the cold season now. You know, mm-hmm. so just be, how African designers can begin to to integrate, maybe have uh, like capsule collections that are aimed at, you know, in between collections, in between seasons, so mm-hmm. that African designers can have items that, in terms of fabric weight and, and seasonality, work with the outside market, you know. So I think that 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 is helpful, you know. That's why I think Bibu is, is very important for us. He's a very good link.
1: And, B, and let's talk about the trio,
0: the 3S4. 3S4 is one of those... <laughs> And, you know, like, I've, I've worked with Bibu for, like, I mean, for so long. We develop a lot of silhouettes for him. We develop fabrics. Three for four, we have been working with for more than, I don't know, 10 years. And it's one of those fashion design lines that you don't hear a lot of, but they are hard to beat. They are very hardcore fashion, very hardcore couture, like fashion for the pain of it, you know? You know, just... The intricacies of fashion. Everything about them is fashion at a very ephemeral level, like levels you don't see on the street. And there again, they have also expressed their desire to work with us, to help us grow capacity. To be honest with you, to have an African designer, it doesn't matter how good they are, to work with a guy like this allows you to like not be scared of how far you can take your talent. You know, I think these are the, these are the intangibles. These are the benefits that we, as like fashion lab can show through their coverage of New York. And hopefully we get to interview all of these people that we want because I know fashion week is going to be a big crush and people are running everywhere. But every snippet of time we get with these guys is definitely going to be eye opening for African designers, you know, in terms of how brave these designers are or how savvy they are with seasons and marketing and everything.
1: Very nice. Um, let's talk about Laquan before we move on, because I want to also talk about other elements of um, Fashion Week, including uh, the beauty, uh, makeup side of it as well.
0: Well, Laquan is a black designer, you know, just like Mimi. There are people that, it, it's, it's, it's like coming home for us, you know, for Fashion Lab. Um, he's a young designer, but he's very well sought after. You know, he dresses a lot of Hollywood, and he's very active in the African market, actually, like in Lagos. I mean, in Nigeria, he dresses some celebrities there. Mm-hmm. And he has, he has, he has dual collections, both, uh, um, sportswear, I mean, and, and, and bridal, hmm. you know, but ready to wear and, and bridal. So he's, he is, he's very, 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 very good.
1: More, Personal. yeah. I, I think what I want to do is, um, I want to talk about the show styles also that may be influenced by trends. Um, you know, which obviously means that people are moving to a different direction on that. But I also want to talk about, uh, the makeup, uh, and the big role that that plays because hair and makeup is not just hair and makeup for a look when it comes to a designer putting up a collection and really trying to tell a story. The makeup and hair is a very crucial part of it. Morag, you're the expert on this. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to just maybe pick your mind and just share with us a bit about what you might be expecting, what we've seen in the past, where we are going, what you think we're going to be seeing at New York Fashion Week this season. You know what, um, as a makeup artist,
2: um, any fashion week is the most exciting. Like New York Fashion Week, oh, my God, it's the most exhilarating event of the year. Um, it Obviously, as a makeup artist, it allows you backstage to get um, the first look and feel for the current and upcoming uptom- trends and techniques. The experience of being backstage um, as a team member is a crucial part of building networks. Obviously, you know, you're meeting so many different artists, Um and, of course, the ability to um, lead and design shows that can separate yourself from other artists. Um, working Fashion Weeks um, really sets you up for success in the industry. And, of course, you have behind the scenes and you just experience the wonderful chaos and creativity that happens backstage. Um, you know, if we're looking at, um, you know, preparing for a show as a makeup artist, um, It's not just slapping on any makeup. It's not about, oh, let me wake up and see how I feel today. Um, It's really, it's an intricate part of the fashion show. Um, There's months and months of meetings that happen before the actual show, um, You know, to discuss what in, what inspired the designer for the clothes. You know, it's almost like the makeup artist has to get inside the designer's head Mm. and obviously, um, you know, bring forward their creativity in sort of getting into what the designer sees. Mm. Um, so yes, it is, you know, it obviously is difficult. Um, you need to, obviously it comes with experience, um, in that field. And I mean, only the best of the best are doing this. Um, and they're called key makeup artists, um, behind this, you know, backstage. Um, when we look at trends in that, um, I'm just going to go back three years because if I had to go back ten years, we'd be talking all day. So, just quickly, um, specifically New York Fashion Week um, in 2013, there were really beautiful luminous um, matte skins, and um, you know, things like cat eyes were very prominent, pencil liners, dramatic shapes, um, and they were also dotted um, lines at the bottom of the eye that gave it a very avant-garde look. There was a nude and a no lip, and we saw this on Kenzo, Christian Dior, Christian Dior um, Jason Wu, and then, of course, almond shapes with darker eyeshadows, um, and those were seen on Michael Kors and Tracy Reese. Um, and then, of course, the red lip. I always say red lip will never go out of fashion. It's classic. It's clean. Um, and it also tells a te- uh, texture story. So even though it's a red lip, it could be a matte, it could be a high gloss, it could be an orange with a red tinge, it could be an orange with a blue undertone. So there's really so many textures to go by. And these were seen on Zach Posen, Mark Jacobs, Amani, Oscar de la Renta. And then going over to 2014, of course, the unforgettable edgy cat eye that we saw on Mark Jacobs um, which was rich teals and royal blues. And that's when we really started seeing, you know, the deeper colors coming through on the catwalk. Um, and as far as hair goes, there were things like punky wigs with really regular cuts on the runway. Um, Calvin Klein kept it simple and fresh, clean and sculpted faces with unreal glows, Um, and then of course the bronze eyeshadows on the eyes, which is a Calvin Klein staple all the years they've done it. Um, and then on Rachel Zoe, um, the really chunky French braids. I'm a huge fan of braids and I think that it's something, it never goes out of fashion. So. Me too here. Yeah. So even though it was in 2014, we're probably going to see it on the runway now again. Um, it just never goes out of fashion. And then of course your favorite Liz in 2015, the no makeup look. (laughs) Um, <laughs> hair, with e- hair was um, either underground punk inspired um, or in a sexy bun. So sort of from one extreme to the other. And of course, um, Ralph Lauren had the beautiful golden glittery eyes. And then Michael Kors stole the braids look once again in 2015. Um, Reed Krakow... Um, Brought in the cobalt nails and the cobalt hairbands, which is obviously a signature colour in his collections. Um, and then we look at Anna Sue, which brought in cosmic beauty um, with greenish glitters um, that was brought in the inner corners of the eyes. And of course, once again, Oscar de la Renta bringing in, you know, 2014 we saw the bold red lip, and then he brought in the bold black, very dark sort of grungy liner vibe. And then, um, 2016 spring, um, I have spoken about this before, but of course the, um, candy apple and it's one sort of fashion show where makeup artists really united, um, in on the shade front and the color to know was the snow. Um, Snow white apple red And what that means is that The face was kept really clean No contouring, no blush And this really, really bold apple red Lip, and designers that did it Was Jason Wu, DKNY um, Nina Ricci, Topshop And then of course the blue slate Which um, Chanel Did beautifully um, at Actually at Paris Fashion Week um, You know where they had the show in the airport They had almost like a light blue Mask over the eye area, and I mean that was just so beautiful um, and then things that I'm kind of looking forward to this fashion week um, New York Fashion Week is I think it's going to be very street styled uh, minimal foundation winged eyes obviously but kept very simple um, dewy skin natural hues of the you know tones of the skin um, a very bold lip and of course dark nails so any shade of dark nails and short And, um, of course, a bold brow. So yeah, that's what I'm foreseeing for this fashion week.
1: Wow. Edgy, are you learning anything? (laughs) Well, I'm, I'm learning a lot. Um, I think, uh, you know, just, sorry, Liz, just to stop you. I've
2: actually got a clip that I'd love to play. Um, just to, to sort of inspire people that, you know, it's not just about slapping on makeup. And here we've got a clip, um, that I'd love to play.
0: So today we're backstage at the Bora Victoria Show for Spring Summer 16, and we're here working with a very low, loose, romantic ponytail. The hair has been um, prepped with the KMS Moisture Repair Spray to so give a very natural, soft finish. Um, we wanted to, we've worked with a very considered low uh, parting on one side, whichever suits the girl best, um, and we want a little bit of structure through the front and working through into a very soft, low. Uh, Ponytail through the back so it's nice and clean and um, very simplistic look. Uh, This is my third season working with Bora um, and yeah his clothes have always got a very soft romantic feel but there's always an element of a darker side to everything he does which is why we've worked with the more considered parting at the front just to emulate that from the clothes as well.
5: Basically Bora's collection this season was really inspired by Etrelda Lane, this photographer from the early 1900s. And she used to take pictures of her two daughters in her garden. And those were kind of the first printed pictures and the colors are very innocent and very delicate so we just wanted to translate that within the makeup as well as Bora is doing in his collection. And then we had another reference for Natasha Kinski in the late 70s. So again that very youthful, innocent, naive kind of look. So we're creating that today by doing a beautiful foundation and then we are doing a matte white eyeliner in the waterline so that brings you that, those big innocent eyes. No mascara because obviously when you're very young you don't use mascara yet so we're keeping that very plain. And then we brush up the brow, nice big brows and a hint of orange on the eye and a bit of pink on the cheeks. So that all goes very well with the collection and keeps it together with the innocence and the delicacy this season.
2: Thank you. Um, and that was just backstage from um, New York Fashion Week, Bora. Um, and as you can see, you know, inspiration's taken as far back as the 1700s and brought back through the 70s. So as a makeup artist, hairstylist, um, you really need to get inside the designer's head, as I was saying, to bring through that inspiration that it reflects
1: um, on the runway and reflects through their clothes as well. It's very exciting. I hope that Morag, we can thank you for the um, glam up today. Was a kind of like a glam up from the beginning, but still gave us and you know gives us insight of kind of what it means. And I love the fact that you we cannot emphasize more than we right. have that you know uh, fashion uh, a fashion collection is a story, and and a fashion brand is also a story. And you can't just, like Morag said, slap something on or just say, you know what, we've got a show now, come just do anything and let's go (laughs) because then most likely your story might just not be, might just not, get to where you want it to be, it might just not make sense, it might just not be the story you thought you were telling um, so I, fa- I, like, I like those um, little tips and hints, I look forward personally to some of those dark uh, colours that you're talking mm. about this um, season and we'll definitely have a conversation and if you win, honey I am buying you lunch, okay, <laughs> high five on that, yeah. if you win <laughs> lunch is on me, because it's nice to look at these things, predict and then see it come to life, yes. like Nicola says <laughs> um, now, I I don't know, like, what are some of, so you said, you spoke about street style, Mm. as we wait on Edgy to get back with us. Uh, what are some of the, you said, say something about Bora.
2: Is Bora the designer? Uh, no, Bora is, Bora is just the video um, that we watched. He's actually not showing at um, this fashion week. Um, so it's actually from the summer, spring 16, um, backstage. But, you know, street style, um, you are seeing a lot of like sneaker bloggers and that kind of thing coming in. So I think that they're also influencing design. Um, you are seeing the WNBA, you know, women's collection. So I'm not saying, um, sort of street style in the sense that it's too casual. So you could still do a beautiful, um, maxi skirt, you know, with a pair of sneakers kind of thing. So it's still very high fashion. Um, but just sort of more comfortable that everyone is able to access it and everyone's, you know, feel that they can wear it. Um, so, yeah, that's sort of what I'm predicting. Um So also a huge thing at the moment um, is the sports luxe um, style. So once again, like even with what you're wearing today, Liz, you could I wouldn't say. <laughs> you could do I like do. a tassel coat with like a pair of funky sneakers, you know. Um But you,
1: that's sort that of. Catch me dead is not me. <laughs> Never, ever, ever You see me. (laughs) You could do that. But yes.
2: Yeah. So, um, just just things like that, I think. um, You know, more comfortable sort of high fashion trends.
1: I'm really looking forward. Now, Mark, before we move on into our final segment of the day, um, you are also going to be, I think. Uh, doing makeup for one of the Fashion Weeks? Yes, I am actually. Um, I'm doing
2: makeup for SA Fashion Week um, and that is happening at the end of September. Mm. I'm actually keying two shows. So that's for the Autumn Winter um, 17 collection for JJ Skuerman Sun Goddess and Colleen Hart Heritage Earth. So, so have you started the conversations already? Um We'll be starting them in two weeks time. So just a week
1: before the show. Um, yeah, and I'm super excited to get started with that. I don't want to get you to kiss and tell. <laughs> We want to look forward and see what you're going to do to be able to help them really bring out the stories behind their collections. Edgy, welcome back. Thank you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a bit of a, we were on a journey today. However. <laughs> we Bumpy told journey. we told you to run as fast as we were running but you're just <laughs> not catching up but edgy just in a nutshell we want to just sum up this uh, conversation around the road to new york and we're going to be talking next week touching on uh, other specifics that really really are important when it comes to fashion weeks for example the venues the setup how you set this up and also the fact that trends have changed the way that designers prefer to show today and how we're going to we'll be, be talking about all of that so edgy in a nutshell um, um, how can we wrap this up with your echoes from New York?
0: Yeah, I think, I think the important thing for us coming to New York is just to see like the atmosphere of fashion week, you know, to see the temperature, like what the designers are doing, how it's shown, the, the whole sculpture of fashion week. I think that's, that's the big thing, like it, because it affects how it's reported, how it's streamed you know, just, it's, it's, it's very fascinating and I I can't wait for us to, to be a part of that.
1: Okay. Fantastic. Now, um, any parting shots to our listeners on this topic? Morak, anything to Um, leave the listeners
2: with? I just think that, um, you know, as a listener, you, you might feel a bit overwhelmed, you know, it's fashion week, this fashion week, that, but I just think that, You know, it's so inspiring to be a part of everything, um, and to obviously be a first of everything. Um, and you know, just be inspired by fashion and still keep it real by being yourself. Um, and just bring in, you know, different looks, different feels, um, whether it be through makeup, through shoes, through, you know, um, clothing pieces. Um, yeah, just, you know, keep it real and keep it beautiful.
1: Thank you guys. Now we go to a fun glass of wine. Um, one for you, Morag, one Yay! for Edgy. Thank you. <laughs> and, uh, quickly to who would you yeah. want to dress and why
2: today? I would love to dress Jennifer Lopez. That woman does not age. Like, I was literally looking at Instagram pictures of her this week, and I'm just like, what is she doing to herself? Agelessly. I need it. <laughs> I need it in my life now. I need to start young, so that by the time I'm her age, I look 20 years younger. Like she's, she's just killing younger. it.
1: Killing it. <laughs> Edgy, who would you want to dress besides yourself and me and Morag? Tough <laughs> <laughs> one.
0: Maybe, maybe Michelle Obama.
1: Mm-hmm. And why?
0: Because she's such a fashion plate.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that because I said you can't dress me or Mark? All right. (laughs) (laughs) Edgy will leave you on that. I today want to dress Madame Oprah Gail Winfrey because Mm. she's a powerhouse, that woman. She is a powerhouse. And I want to start associating, um, with strong women even more because I think that the people we hang around, um, even though she's not really coming for lunch tomorrow, as we agreed, (laughs) that the people we hang around are a reflection of where we are going. You know, and our journeys. I look at this woman and everything she's been able to achieve. Um, and also like you go back to the age thing. I don't know what she's doing. If she's got Botox and things going on, but whatever she's doing, she's (laughs) such a powerhouse. She's been doing amazing things. She's inspired so many people in the world. And I want to dress her and maybe put her into something like not like what I'm wearing today, but (laughs) I want to dress her in something that's like a signature Liseau piece, maybe like a two piece white, beautiful Mm. embroidered, um, pencil. Um, Pants and a little cute little jacket and a tie blouse to bring that sophistication to life even more. So that's me for today. Otherwise, to all of our listeners who are tuned in, we are on www.fashionlabafrica.com. We are going down to New York next week. Uh, if you're in the New York area and you want to hang out or you want to talk to us or you want to share with us some of the highs as we look forward to New York Fashion Week. Uh you can also tweet us we're on fashion lab af otherwise peace and love continue to take care of your brands make sure you understand that you can't just slap on makeup like Morag said <laughs> and try to really focus on telling your stories in your unique way your story is your soul and your soul is what we're buying peace and love until next week thank you
0: this is cliffcentral.com